I'll take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Philippians. Chapter number three. Chapter number three in the book of Philippians. We sang the song, Draw Me Nearer. Uh, several weeks ago, I um, chose the theme for the year. And the theme for the year is draw me nearer. I uh, was thinking of the word of the of the desire for us as a church to draw closer to the Lord, and I there's a, a song uh, just a closer walk with Thee. Um, it was a little difficult to pull a a short theme out of that song. That's the the heartbeat though is just a closer walk with thee granted Jesus is my plea daily walking close to thee let it be dear Lord let it be I feel like the the, the same thought though is in the phrase simply draw me nearer I'm thine O Lord I've heard thy voice and it told thy love to me how I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee draw me near of course to thy precious bleeding side uh, that's the focus of our year is drawing closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's the, the theme of our lives as believers. But I would like to put a special emphasis on it this year of drawing nearer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Chapter 3 of Philippians. Let's start with verse... Well, I'll tell you what. Let me start with verse number 1. I, I love the whole theme here of this chapter. Apostle Paul often in his travels was, as you know, uh, I don't want to say haunted, but he was followed by those that would always try to tear down his ministry. He had many critics within the Jewish community. They were, they were not fond of the Gentiles being brought in by grace through faith. They still wanted the Gentiles to keep some law, and, and Paul was struggling always everywhere he went with the struggle with the Jewish people coming in behind him, trying to undermine him as a false teacher. And so in this passage, uh, he is addressing that. And then he goes into uh, where we're going tonight, but I want you to just notice the Apostle Paul is letting them know because they've tried to drag his name through the mud, so to speak, and tried to uh, diminish him. And so he is addressing that letting them know who he was, not because he so desired personally to say it, but because it was the truth. I'll start reading at verse number one of chapter three of Philippians. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So he's speaking of those that are trying to uh, push them into circumcision. He's, he speaks of them as we're the concision and we're the circumcision, worship God in spirit, not through the circumcision of the flesh. Verse 4, though I might have confidence in the flesh, Speaking of his testimony here, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh. See the next two words? I'm more. 
circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Mind you, the Pharisees were a very elite, highly respected religious group in the, in the, uh, Jew, in the Jewish religion. And so he was, of, you might say, the highest order, highly respected. Verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law. You see the next word? Blameless. What things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. This resume that he's giving to them was a great resume. And even says to them, whatever you think you are, I'm more. I believe that Paul was the poster child. Perhaps maybe on the track to becoming the high priest. I don't know. I do know they chose him to, to persecute Christians and be the point man for the persecution. So he was highly respected, great heritage. And he says of himself concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness of the law, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. All my resume, all my accomplishments are gone. Here's what he says about those things, and I do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. I, I can't imagine, Pastor Nelson, how absolutely obnoxious that was to the Jewish community that he would say all these things that are important to you guys those things are all behind me and you know when I think about them I count them as dung that's what I think about it and so that's what he, he's uh, he doesn't mince too many words right here right but why I do count them but dung why that I may win Christ Christ is so above where I was before and is so much more important to me than all of those things that I was doing, all the resume I had and all the honors that I was no doubt uh, put upon him as, as this man, Paul, known as Saul prior to it. And verse 9, not having, being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith. The text for the message that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Do you understand what he's saying in this phrase right here? One verse, one phrase. He is laying it all on the line for Christ that I may know him the power is a resurrection, the fellowship of sufferings, and being made conformable unto his death. He is holding nothing back. There's nothing on the table. There's nothing that he is not giving everything to Christ. Verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Verse number 10, I'll read it to you again, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable 
unto his death. Father, please now in the message, I pray that you would make it well understood. And Father, please guide and direct the words that, that you would have me to say. There's no way of bringing this nearly what it deserves. But I pray, God, that you would, by your spirit, guide and direct, please. In Jesus' name, amen. That I may know him, first of all, we can see here is the righteousness that is not of the law, but the light righteousness is of the faith of Christ. Through Christ, the Bible says. So the first thing that is involved, obviously, uh, Sunday night crowd, is salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to know him, you're going to have to come to know him, number one, his Savior. I won't spend much time there, but that's the first step of knowing Christ, is that you are understanding who he is. He is the so holy son of God, sinless son of God, perfect sacrifice, and that his death on the cross is the payment for our sins. And so he knows him first, that is not because of his own righteousness, but the righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto death, that I may know him first of all as Savior. But he's speaking something I believe is much, much deeper than just knowing him as Savior. The most important step of all is that you know him as Savior. Now that's, that's how you're going to go to heaven is the, is the first step, is knowing him as Savior. Apostle Paul says, I know him as Savior, but I desire something else beyond that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, and of course, to be made conformable unto his death. We see in Ephesians similar passages, for by grace are you saved through faith in regards to salvation. He doesn't just want to know him as Savior, but he wants to know him in another way, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, but I want to know him as Lord and friend. I have many friends over the course of my life. It's been a blessing to be in church all my life. And so as you, as you guys would be in counter step with me and just you understand it perfectly. Most of you have been in church for much of your life or many, many years perhaps. And you understand the friends that you accumulate in Christianity is just a wonderful blessing. When Apostle Paul is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not just speaking of him that I may know him as Savior, but he wants to go beyond that. He wants to go beyond. He wants to be closer. He wants to be drawn nearer to the precious side that I might know him as Savior. Jesus Christ speaks of himself, and he says to the disciples, you are my friends. I believe the Apostle Paul wanted to know Jesus Christ not only as his Savior, but far more than that, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sufferings, to know him. Are you content tonight to know him as Savior? That's a, that, is, that is the critical piece, to know him as Savior. But are, are you content tonight with just knowing him as your Savior? Sometimes we find contentment in just the basics and You've got to have the basics first, and that's salvation. Jesus Christ, though, didn't just die on the cross to give you a new birth. How many of you had a child, and after the child was born, you were like, okay, this is great. See ya. Oh, no, 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 no. I've grown children, and I, the joy of raising children, the joy of 
being close, I would say, friends with my sons. I, I love to be around my sons. Brother Nelson, you have sons, and many of you have sons. I see Ryan and Mom and Dan there, and we have relatives and people that we, we love dearly. And we don't just want to bring them into this world and then just walk away from them, right? No, that's, 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 not, that's only the beginning stages. We want far more than that from that child. We don't just want to bring them into birth. We want to see them grow and mature and have family and grandchildren and all these things that life will bring us. It's not just about that. I know them for salvation, Paul is saying. I don't want to just know Christ as a Savior. I want far more than I want a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just, just about salvation. He says, I want to know way more than that. I believe we want, we want to know our Lord as not just our Savior, but as our Lord, somebody that is in control of our life. See, Pastor, why do you want the Lord in control of your life? Because I don't trust myself. Amen? How many? I, 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 I don't want to control my life. I want, I want, I want God. Do I, do, I always, do I always submit to God? No. But that's my preference. That's my goal is that I want God to be in control of my life. Why? That's a safe place to be. It's a great place to be. It's a place of blessing. It's a place of so many things that we want God in our life. And that's the desire of our heart is not just to know him as Savior, Savior but I want him to be the Lord over my life. And I think that's the heart cry of the believers in the room tonight. Our son Clinton, of course, nearly drowned, but the, just simply the point I want to make to you this is that Clinton never spoke to us or responded to us again. He was alive. He breathed. He was a tube-fed child, but there was, there was no responses for the next 12 years. Do you understand? You all have children. A child that doesn't respond to you in any way that you love so dearly is, is, is not, not your hope, not your dream, not your goal. You're looking for something more than that in that child. Do you realize when the Lord Jesus Christ saved you, he's not just looking for you to be a newborn babe. He's not just looking for you to, to have eternal life and be in the family of God. He's looking for you to develop a relationship with him and follow him and allow him to be the Lord of your life, not just be alive, not just be born again, but there's far more in the Christian life than just a knowledge that I'm born again, but I have no relationship with God. What a disappointment to the Lord Jesus Christ and to God the Father that a relationship sometimes stops at salvation or it gets a little farther. None of us are looking for that in our children. We're looking for development to adulthood and then producing children, having their own families. The normalcy of life is the thing that we're looking for. And God is looking for us as believers, oh, not just to know him as Savior, but to, to know him as our Lord, as our master, the one that we love with all of our heart, not just somebody that we trusted for salvation. Christ died on the cross. What did he do when he died on the cross? He broke down the barrier and he restored a relationship for you and I to come boldly to the throne of grace to talk to God Almighty. Can you imagine that? 
that you have access to God Almighty? Here we are as sinners. We have no access to God. We may cry out to him, but he does not hear our prayers. We're not his children. And then Jesus Christ, by salvation, and now opens up the throne of grace to us through prayer. Are we taking advantage of what we have? Do we respond or are we non-responsive? Are we just children that never, never speak to God? We never communicate with God. We don't have a relationship with God. We're doing our own thing in our own ways. Or are we going to be Christians that are responsive to our Lord? We long to know him. We long to communicate with him. We long to talk to him. long to love him with our whole heart. These are the things I believe that God has saved us for. Obviously, the work of the church and the work of the ministry and all these things are important things. But primarily, God's salvation for you was not just to see what he could get out of you. He loved you, and he wants a relationship with you personally. He wants you to reach out to others, obviously. But he wants a relationship with you personally. He wants you to draw nearer. Amen? How many, how many, don't raise your hands, but how, how many want to have a close relationship with your children? It's not just that they're born. You want that close relationship. You want it to be have a great, fun relationship and, and a loving relationship with your children. How can I know him? Like every other re, uh, relationship. Make him part of your life. We, we live a distance from our children. But we're going to run cars. We're going to run cars in the ground for for birthdays and events and things. And Pastor Nelson, it, it, it's it's all, it, I hate to say it, but it's it's four hours, right? And it's 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 a long drive, but it's doable. And if if my granddaughters are having a spitting contest at at school or wherever, at Durango is going there to watch the spitting contest. They're her grandchildren, right? It's important. Why? Because she has a relationship. And it's important to them. It's important to her to get there and, and, and see who can spit the farthest. And maybe not. You understand, though, there's so much more. What we have in family, what we have at church, is just a microcosm of what God has for us with him to draw us nearer. How can we know him like every other relationship? Bring him into your life. Spend time with him. Pursue him constantly. Just pursue him. Do you know that's what he wants from you? He wants for you to pursue him. He wants for you to be after him. He wants that from you. Do you realize that God has said to us, the Almighty, right, spoke it into existence, God of all wants us to pursue him because he loves us so much and has saved us and we have access to him. What a privilege it is to have this relationship with our God. Pursue him constantly. Have Christ in your heart. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about Christ in your heart because you love him in your heart. We love him because he first loved us. The law of God, the Bible speaks of in the Old Testament. I think the prophet Joel made this statement. But do you realize even the law of God is written in our hearts as believers? Spoken of in prophecy, it said the day will come that it will be written in their hearts. And no longer it will be a little law of Moses, but it will be law that's in their heart. 
Our love for Christ constrains us to please our Lord. Matthew 7, 7 and 8 say this, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Pursue him. Pursue him. This year as we go into this theme of draw, draw me nearer, let's pursue God. Let's reach out to God. Open wide your heart. He knows what's in your heart anyway. It would do us well to open our hearts and bear our souls to the Lord Jesus Christ, to God the Father. Work at knowing and understanding his word. To know the word of God is to know him. We go to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, what? And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning of God, with God. Of course, we're talking about the Savior, the word. The word of God is available to us. It's in our hands. Let's know him. Jesus is the word. To know the word is to know and to understand God Almighty. If you want to have a conversation with God, he has written everything that we need to know right here in this book. It's all here. Let's access it. We're going to draw nearer. We're going to have to come to know him better through his word. What a beautiful, wonderful book it is, a miraculous book. The path to a relationship with God is going to come through his word. And he says this, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Uh, God has for us as believers something beyond what we can do in our own strength and our own flesh. And that is a power that he gives to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the resurrection power that Jesus Christ had, but it's a power that he gives to us by his spirit. Amazing what God can do through believers that are pursuing God, who are drawing nearer to God. The power that God offers us in his word, Ephesians chapter 1, I'll read it to you here, verse number 18, Ephesians 1.18. We had studied it earlier uh, this month probably, but the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenlies. This is the power through the Holy Spirit of God that we have by our Lord Jesus Christ and through our Lord Jesus Christ that he offers us the power of the resurrection power and someday he will cause us to rise again and meet him in the air that you may know what is the hope of his calling what a great thing it is to know what God wants you to do in life and the leadership that God will bring you day by day step by step I would dare say everybody in this room is doing things in the ministry that you never, never thought you would ever do but yet God has brought those things into your life I dare say almost every, 
if, if you're somebody that has a tender heart for the Lord, I will tell you that God is going to open doors somewhere along the line. I don't know when, I don't know how or where, but God is opening, God will open doors in your life. And, and God will put you in things that, that you may have thought about here and there. Pastoring a church is something I was, with fleeting thoughts, probably through my whole life, but never, never um, considered that I would be a pastor, if that makes sense. I just, with fleeting thoughts at it, but I never, never felt like I was called to, to preach uh, through my adult years. But God just does things his own way, in his own time. Sometimes maybe when it's, uh, maybe he's more ready for us, but when we're not ready, huh? But believers, always leave the door open for God to work and move in your heart and your life. There's a resurrection power that we have that God gives us, and he may call, give you a hope of his calling. And then he's called, so the, the riches of the glory of his inheritance, what he has for us in heaven, and the exceeding greatness of his power. These are the things, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Of course, the uttermost parts of the world. God seeks to empower us, those that are pursuit of Christ. Galatians 2.20 I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The power of his resurrection, and then last, the fellowship of his sufferings. Suffering is a part of humanity. The book of Job 14.1 says that man is born of woman, a man that is born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. That's what Job said, and that's, of course, the word of God. Not the word of Job, but it's the word of God. Born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Sufferings are going to come into our lives. They're going to, uh, they came into the life of our Lord in in great pain and suffering honestly our lord was tormented probably from adulthood on till the cross it was like a pack of dogs that just followed him and always trying to trip him up and and try to make it look as if he wasn't of the lord he wasn't of god and try to diminish who he was even though they had pretty good pretty good evidence that they knew who he was john knew who he was right away so i have a pretty good idea that these these Jewish leaders had a pretty good idea who he was too. But they rejected him, of course. But he suffered much through his life as he was hounded by these wolves, as you would have it in a sense of what we would look at them today, those that were not doctrinally sound, were chasing the, chasing the, wrong, the wrong man to try to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ. Christian life is not a series of accidents. There's appointments chosen for sufferings. The fellowship of his suffering. Let me read you that statement again. The Christian life is not a series of accidents. There are appointments chosen for suffering. You'll keep those appointments. They're brought into our lives by an almighty God that will bring you through these sufferings 
Apostle Paul says that he wants the fellowship of the suffering. Oh, he wants the power. He wants the relationship. But he also says, Lord, I'll take the fellowship of the sufferings as well. Why? Being made conformable unto his death. Conformed to the image of Christ. So he's willing to go through the sufferings. I won't read the list to you, but the list of the sufferings of the Apostle Paul is lengthy and very painful. He submitted himself to the suffering. So much so, why? Because he wanted the fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ at the deepest level it could be found. Do you understand this man's intent, pursuit of God? That I may know him, that I may know the power of his resurrection, and that I may know the fellowship of his sufferings. It's like, Lord, I want, I want everything I can get from you. I want it all. I want that relationship with Christ. I want everything I can know and relate to the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalms 1-6, For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It says in 32-8, I will instruct and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eyes. Senior saints, probably the vast majority of you are going through sufferings, physical sufferings. And God knows those things. Use those sufferings in your life to draw close to God. Just the suffering sometimes of the body breaking down but understand that those things are not just accidental things that happen. Of course, it's an aging process. But don't waste the appointments of suffering. Take the suffering that you're going through and draw closer to Christ. The fellowship of suffering. For the, for the folks that are older in the room, it is real suffering. It's real pain. And God knows it. But don't just dis diminish it as... Well, it's just I'm getting old. This is the way it is. No, no, no. Turn it into a fellowship of suffering with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord suffered. He understands the suffering. And sometimes we can fellowship with the Lord in a different way through the fellowship of sufferings that come into our life. Don't waste those things in your life. They're appointments that God has to bring you close to himself. Mrs. John R. Rice had the privilege a couple times of spending a little bit of time with her. And boy, she was an aged person. I don't remember how old she was, but I believe she was in her 80s. And of course, you know, just all the things that come with that. But what a saint of God. Oh my goodness, just being near her was just a delight. Older lady, absolutely. A relationship with the Lord, absolutely. Was she diminished physically? Yes, but oh my, my, my. She was a giant spiritually. She understood the fellowship of sufferings and was fellowshipping with her God. And what a sweetness and delight to the lady that was so, so in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. Suffering will allow you to minister to others. At first, it will not be enough. 
But as time goes on, you will understand. Suffering, sometimes you'll look at it and you think, what am am I going to do with this, God? And God will open doors for you through suffering. And you can relate to people that are suffering similar situations to yourself. And you may not see where God's going to use suffering in your life, but he's going to use the suffering. And it's a fellowship that you have with other people that you can like-mind and understand what they're going through. And God's going to use you in a powerful way if you'll accept the fellowship of the sufferings and give it to the Lord and trust God through it. Dying to self, walking in newness of life, conformable unto his death. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the victorious Christian life, the fellowship of sufferings, and being made conformable unto his death, dying to self, alive in Christ. My time is dead on over, and now it's a minute late, but I'm going to go a couple more minutes. Church, suffer patiently, enduring in God's will. Don't think you're out of God's will because suffering comes your way. Understand that it is a fellowship that you can have with Christ of suffering. Be patient. Endure in God's will. We see it throughout the Bible. People endured through God's will. Suffering in the will of God is a fellowship with the Lord. The Bible says the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, Psalms 34, 17. See missionaries with health issues, injuries, loneliness, imprisonment. Remember the old, I say old story, I don't mean, but the story of Nate Saint and Jim Elliott, uh, two men that were murdered. They had arrived on the mission field that God had called them to and both of them were taken and and, uh, literally there were cannibals in the situation, if you older folks remember that, it was just an amazing story of those two men. Of course, their wives survived. I believe went back to the field. Pastors that are struggling. Average church, they say, is now down to approximately 100 people, and there's nothing wrong with 100 people. But on the average, that's where churches are at. Many pastors are struggling greatly. Laymen are suffering rejection, perhaps in promotion, perhaps from loss of family members. National pastors in these countries are risking their lives. So many things are going on in our world, and Christians are being persecuted all across our world now. And I think we can see that it's, if not my generation, it looks as if there will be trouble in the next generation. We all can see the types of things that they're sending sending our way and all of them are against the Lord Jesus Christ I don't care what title they put on it but there's so much going on here to diminish God to remove God and it's gotten so far now of course we're pushing not towards God but as far as we can get from God as a nation young people when I was young I would hear my pastor preach sermons that I didn't quite understand or did not did not know how they were going to apply to me. But the older I got, the more I understood. As a friend of mine would say, take a message like this and put it in your pocket. 
when trouble comes in your life, understand you, you have an opportunity for fellowship of sufferings with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will bring you through the things that are going to come in your way. We have Pastor Amir that stands up here. And he's such a dejected, depressed, you know, just can't, can't figure out what he's going to do when he's up here, right? No, 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 no. No, he's on top. Are things against him? Oh, sure. But he has a fellowship of suffering that's bringing joy to his life because he's close to his Savior. I saw a politician on TV talking about the persecution, and he said it two or three times. He uh, has been around all over the world as an, basically an emissary from the government of the United States checking up on the persecution. It was a very interesting. Just stumbled across it on the news. Very interesting. But you know what he said several times about the Christians? Even though they were under persecution? That they were, they were satisfied, happy, and not giving up, and just as if nothing was even wrong in their life, their attitude towards it. They were just, he said, everywhere I went, the Christians were not discouraged even though they were under persecution. What a God. When suffering comes, rise, rise to the top. It's a fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will be your friend through those situations in life. Take advantage of it. The fellowship of sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for passages of scripture that encourage our hearts that doesn't matter what comes our way. The door to a relationship with God through his son Jesus Christ lies in our hands, lies on our knees where we can fellowship with you in prayer, where we can hold your word in our hands and read its pages. Father, may we take advantage of the fellowship that, and the relationship that you long to have with us. Forgive us, Father for putting you in the back door, in the back shelf, and the, the last that we reach out to when we're in trouble. May we pursue you. Father, not just through this year, but through our lives, be in hot pursuit of our God. Thank you for your word. We ask now for this invitation, dear Lord, that you'd work in hearts and lives, that we'd be in pursuit of God as believers not just for a week. May we spend our lives in this pursuit of God in our lives, a fellowship with our Savior. The door of opportunity is open to us. Let's all stand together, heads bowed and eyes closed. Just have the invitation.